Good morning and welcome to VSA Capital Morning Five Minute Morning Minor. God, remember the name of it. Uh, it's Tuesday, November the second. Slightly chilly morning this morning, Paul. Chilly but bright and clear. Uh, nice and sunny outside. Yeah, there was definitely a chill in the air there as I cycled in this morning. I might have to start putting slightly warmer clothes on. Anyway, let's crack on. There's quite a lot to go on this morning. Uh, Aussie, I mean, it's, it is connected to battery metals and things like that. There's a lot of news coming out of COP26 with deforestation being halted and uh, the Queen giving a passionate speech, et cetera, et cetera. But we, we can all follow that. But let's start off actually with our corporate client. Caracol Gold has given us an update today, hasn't it? Yes, they have this update on their Kalima Pesa gold project and their area exploration there in Kenya. The mill averaged to just under 500 tons per day treated during the month of September, and they are working toward a steady state production rate of 700 tons per day from the mill. And that, uh, given the uh, equipment and plant modifications and underground work that they're doing as a result of the funds they raised uh, on coming to the London Stock Exchange uh, just a few weeks ago now. They have reopened two additional uh, addits at the deposit uh, in order to uh, accelerate the amount of tons to uh, be um, produced on a daily basis. Uh, they recovered about 570 ounces of gold in September, which is a nice rise on sales for August and July. Uh, all in sustaining costs, they had reported at uh, $1,694 an ounce, but that includes all of the uh, plant upgrade expenditure and mine uh, work expenditure as well. So they expect those prices to come, costs to come down as the production rate uh, rises from the mill and the mine and the uh, uh, attachment of grid power to the uh, plant uh, should also uh, bring another hundred ounces uh, or hundred dollars an ounce off of the current uh, costs. They do think that the Kalima Presa project has the potential for at least 25,000 ounces of annual production a year and about uh, 2 million ounces uh, in uh, resources and reserves in coming uh, uh, midterm period of several years. So they're working hard to uh, make progress on that. Glad to hear they're working hard. Now, look, there's, a, there's a whole lot going on in the, the uh, lithium market at the moment. First of all, we've had a, a third bid, haven't we, for TS, TSX listed millennial lithium, which obviously we raised $38 million for ooh, five years ago before people had hardly heard of lithium. Um, Gangfeng tried, then CATL tried. Now Lithium America is having a bid, aren't they? Yes, they have. Lithium America has stepped in uh, with a bid of $4.70 Canadian per share for Millennial Lithium, which values the company at about US $400 million. And uh, if that's accepted, then... Uh, uh, millennial shareholders would own just under 10% of Lithium Americas. Uh, the rationale behind that is uh, Lithium Americas already has a production up there on the Kalchari uh, uh, um, Basin, which is up to the north of the uh, Pastos Grandes Basin of Millennial Lithium by about uh, 50 kilometers or so. So there is some operating synergies uh, to be realized if the deal goes through. Now, look, what I, th I think is interesting here, right, Paul, is, I mean, that deal's fine. 
we've actually got American lithium, not to be confused with Lithium Americas, coming over to London on the 15th and 16th of November, and, and we're doing meetings with them, which will be interesting. Anybody who wants a meeting with them, then uh, do let us know. Uh, we're also putting on a retail evening for them. But I think one of the interesting things, I was looking at this this morning, and I think you have as well, is that if you look at the share price of Lithium Americas and the share price of American Lithium, and actually all of these international lithium stocks they've absolutely gone through the roof it's it's stunning i mean they're up you know five to tenfold whereas in the uk the sort of three companies we have we've got savannah iron ridge and actually cadence i mean cadence is a, a funny company and I, I'm, I'm not sure it's quite mainstream enough but savannah resources which obviously has spanish lithium and iron ridge and of course we'll come on to iron ridge later perhaps because they've just talked about their gold spin out basically haven't performed at all um and they've just lagged the whole uh industry um I, i'm not sure if it's why london has never really quite understood lithium i don't think you know we let back an aura go to be honest with you to gang thing at far too low a price um but iron ridge and savannah i mean they're both outrageous buys aren't they paul they are definitely under um appreciated here and uh, that's but uh, certainly would be an, of interest to anybody that's on the buying side who wants to uh, take over uh, existing deposits or operations or ones that will be developed uh, uh, with uh, under a London listing uh, because they are undervalued in comparison to all the other deposits on a on a per ton of lithium carbonate basis uh, no question yeah well I agree with you I was writing this morning at uh, seven o'clock to my clients about that. Um, now, look, whilst on Iron Ridge, they've announced today uh, how they're uh, demerging Rika Resources, which is the gold asset, uh, with a fully underwritten rights issue of Aussie dollars, 7.2 million, haven't they? Uh, and you, I think you get one Rika share for every eight Iron Ridge shares. Um, what are your, th- any thoughts there, Paul? I mean, a lot of it is the technicalities of it all being done. Uh, any thoughts additionally? Uh, it is according to what they had set out previously as uh, the idea for the demerger uh, as far as the terms are concerned. This is the formal filing, uh, but it also indicates that one broker is essentially willing to uh, underwrite the uh, whole uh, deal to make it happen. Yeah, um, underwriting something we used to do lots of, but it sort of died out. Uh, I'm a great fan of underwriting. It's, it's um good for everybody anyway that's a completely different conversation i also noticed i mean talking of all this sort of corporate activity and bids um that um apollo consolidated hasn't it has that been um uh bid again for by remelius resources did i see what was what's going on there paul yes that's also a bidding war that's a bidding war underway for the lake rebecca gold deposit in uh, west australia where Remelius had made an initial bid uh, for Apollo Consolidated, who holds that project, but Gold Road Resources, the uh, West Australia gold producer, had stepped in with a bid uh, to to gazump that. And now Remelius has come back with an enriched uh, uh, offer to go above Gold Road's bid. So we're looking at about $181 or $81 million Australian now is the... uh, valuation on Apollo uh, deal. So that one is definitely playing through. And just to say that uh, that's of interest in London because the London quoted royalty firm Trident Royalty has a uh, royalty interest in the Lake Rebecca deposit. 
I mean, we've been saying for some time, Paul, haven't we, that there's going to be huge M&A activity in this space, actually, as people get desperate for certain resources, lithium and gold being classic ones. There's quite a few small gold exploration plays that are proving up really quite big gold and sometimes copper as well, which is big for the majors. And, you know, they're going to get swallowed up. So just a matter of time. The market is not realising that. Um also worth mentioning, I think uh, one that a lot of people follow is uh, Horizonte Minerals, I think, has, has had some news this morning, hasn't it, on the nickel front? Uh, yes, it has, actually. And that is uh, the formal uh, filing of some of the paperwork in order to uh, get the uh, uh, funds uh, released that have already been arranged of $125 million in order to get the um uh, construction work underway on the Araguaia uh, nickel deposit they have down there in Brazil. So that's a, is a regulatory requirement uh, announcement. Yeah, quite important to get 125 million Canadian dollars released though. Um, <laughs> anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of news, Paul? Yes, there for there's many Barclay Energy shareholders out there in London, and they're not going to be happy to see the uh, announcement out today of the halt of uh, ASX trading in those shares. Uh, it appears that the Oman Authority, who had uh, given them 75 million uh, in convertible uh, note finance uh, back in 2017. They're making a call to get paid back now. Uh, looks like Oman is fed up with the Spanish government delaying this project so long. They want their money. Yeah, that's not too good, is it? Uh, I think it's also worth noting um, steel prices have dropped off quite sharply recently, haven't they? No, I haven't looked that up lately. Tell me about it. Yeah, well, no. Well, can I strongly recommend that you may have a little look, Paul? Uh, no, I'm being a bit nervous, <laughs> but they have. Actually, if you just, you know, uh, it's, it's actually, they've come back down, or well, the future certainly have, um, below $100. I mean, haven't been up, you know, nearer 200, you sort of mean. They've really fallen quite sharply. I, I think, you know, look, it's um, obviously it's going to have a knock-on effect to um, um, iron ore prices, because steel and iron ore track each other, basically. Um, but also, of course, it's good for um, the global economy to see that, you know, commodity prices can actually come whizzing off, particularly steel, because it was really starting to hurt things in containers and things like that. Um, so I think just be aware, you know, we've had this incredible run. And again, we've mentioned this before on this podcast, incredible run in commodity prices. Things don't keep going up forever. And, you know, the ones that really are in demand, like lithium, gold, copper, yeah, they can maintain their, their highs. Probably certain things like tin and tungsten I still would be positive on. Um, but just watch it. Things like coal and iron ore, which have gone up really for no reason at all other than COVID squeezes are going to come off sharply. So, yeah, just watch it. Those um, steel prices have really slumped. Yes, and I think that's a result, too, of the concerns around power availability in China. So uh, curtailments, uh, and we're headed into the winter season where air pollution is a problem. Uh, so they try to uh, limit uh, smelter output there in China this, as well. This podcast has gone on too long as it is for a five-minute morning minor. Um, but actually, it's worth bearing in mind in China, if in case people haven't seen it, uh, there are a lot of local lockdowns taking place at the moment. In fact, China is having a complete resurgence of, of COVID, particularly the Delta variant. They're even telling citizens to stockpile food just in case the country has to go into a full lockdown again. Uh, this is could potentially cause China quite a lot of issues, which obviously then has a knock-on effect into just about every industry, but obviously big knock-on effect on the mining industry. On that note, Paul, we better call it a day, and we'll speak again tomorrow. All right, very good.